1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on the latest round of festive fixtures. It was about as close as Rangers have come to dropping home points, but the 100% Ibrox record and healthy lead at the top continue. Neil Lennon was happy with Celtic's Eduard Griffiths partnership, but will they continue to be used together? And tributes continue to pour in for one of Scottish football's legendary managers, Jim McLean. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans. Well, Rangers and Celtic survived Storm Bella at the weekend, but there's another form of turbulence on the way, Alec, and it's time to arrive at Ibrooks at 12.30pm precisely on Saturday. But before then, Rangers need to go to Paisley on Wednesday afternoon, and we all know what happened the last time they were there, and Celtic have to avoid any kind of Structural or collateral damage against Dundee United at Celtic Park. The title race has reached a pivotal stage. One false move and you're bang in trouble. Yeah, another good weekend, Gordon. St Mirren secure three points on the road up at Ross County. Livingston Nick, a late winner over Kamarnock. Celtic canter to a comfortable 3 0 win over the Ackies. United and Motherwell share the points. Don secure third place with a win. Over St Johnson and Rangers beat Hibs to continue the good form. Yes, lots to look back on, and we want to do it with you. 0141-951-1025. Your chance to have your say on all of Scottish football's big, big talking points. Let's hear from you. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB if that suits you better. But of course, we'd love to hear from you. 0141-951-1025. So get in touch right now. Not a lot of people know which day of the week it is at this time of the year, oh, Hugh Keevans. It's no. quite easy uh, to lose track. Luckily, I've got a nice wee reminder. I just look at whatever ugly faces are staring back at me across the desk. <laughs> that tells me what day. It's Monday, and that means you two have to decide your result of the weekend, please. First of all, result, what will I go for? Commandment 1, Livy mm-hmm. 2. David mm-hmm. Martindale fascinates me. Six games played, six games won. Well done. I'm going to go for St Mirren, Gordon uh, Another away win uh, Up to 7th place now And they also have a game in hand In some of the teams above So starting to hit some good form Okay A lot of choice For your next two categories Let's go for Goal of the weekend Well I've got to give an honourable mention To Scott Robinson And his winner for Libby But uh, I'm going to go for Craig Barr of Cowdenbeath Against Wick Academy In the Scottish Cup he lashed it in from just about the centre circle Great goal Look at this guy I mean this time of year You'd be forgiven for taking your foot off the gas Maybe relaxing a little bit He's doing his research He's gone yeah. Scottish Cup first round Cowden beef goal of the weekend I don't mind that The more obscure the better as far as I'm concerned Yeah I'm going to throw one into the mix as well Gordon I'm going to go for Ethan Ross For some of your guys out there that's, uh, He's on loan from Aberdeen to Wraith Rovers He picks the ball up in the halfway line Gordon Skips past four players And then rifles it Past the goalkeeper What an unbelievable goal Okay I, li- I like I like it You've both been doing your research today What about your howler Of the weekend It's a sad indictment it Just shows you where my life is at That I think about you two mm. At the weekend quite a lot And when I watched uh, Some of the highlights And I saw some of the The goings on I thought these two are Spoiled for choice On your howler this weekend Well You know how highly We all regard the jet On this programme <laughs> J. Emmanuel Thomas and we're delighted to see him get his first Premiership goal at the weekend. But Danny Rogers, the commandment goalkeeper, dear me. I mean, the Jet hit it from one end of the runway 
Danny Rogers was as far away as the other end of the runway. How he beaten from that distance, I do not know. Okay, Alex Ray. Yeah, uh, Hughes was, uh, was, a, was a good one, but I think that this will most certainly supersede it. I'm going for a refereeing one for a change. I oh, know it's coming here. Colin Stephen. Uh, refere- wow. refere- <laughs> he was refereeing the Ross County game. The boy Draper goes into a tackle, makes no contact. He goes down to remonstrate with, uh, I think it was Erhorn. Gives him a little kind of nudge for his troubles and receives two yellow cards. Mm. To say I was flabbergasted would be an understatement. It was a shocking, shocking decision. Yeah, so to be clear, Ross Draper probably should have got zero yellow cards, but he showed him a yellow twice in succession and sent him off. It 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 was bizarre, to say the least. I'll tell you what I thought Queen of the South Would be a unanimous choice For having a, having a certain guest In Whilst no one is allowed To go and watch football games At the moment Hugh Keevans I thought that would be Your howler uh, of the weekend But maybe we'll get to that one A bit uh, later on I've, I've got a story about him I'll, I'll save it for later <laughs> on If you want everybody Honestly 01419511025 Let's hear from you right now What did you make of the football Over the weekend Rangers fans As I said in the headlines It's, it's about as close as you've come To dropping points at Ibrox I suppose Given how high the bar Has been set what did you make of it? Is that a good sign to come through games like that? Or would you rather it be uh, a bit more comfortable on the day? A few talking points in there as well, penalty shouts. Celtic fans, it's all about this return to form, steps in the right direction, turning the corner, call it what you will. What did you make of the game at Hamilton? How close are you getting to finding that team that might take on Rangers on January 2nd? 01419511025. And of course, later on, get them in nice and early. I'll definitely be asking for your tributes and memories of Jim McLean A character I think just about mm. covers it Hugh But we'll get stuck into that later on yeah. As well uh, Let's hear from the managers From the weekend then Shall we Let's go for uh, Stephen Gerrard He says they'll continue to show The same character and resilience They displayed against Hibs To keep up their good form uh, He says it's only natural That they're going to have Nervy moments If they don't kill games off But he thinks the players stood up And performed their roles well I thought it was a good game, a tough game. Uh, Hibbs done extremely well to, to stay in the game. Jack sets them up really well and they always carry a threat because they've got good players. So got even more praise from my team for getting over the line and winning the game because we knew it was going to be a tough challenge. The conditions were really tough and um, we've stood up to that and, and managed the game extremely well. But if you don't get that second goal, you're going to have a few a few navy moments towards the end, of course you are, but a uh, big win, clean sheet. It's 12 on the spin now, so really happy. Resilience and character's a must. Uh, we want to go the distance. It's not always going to be easy. You know, you know, teams are not just going to lie down and, and let you beat them. Um, you know, you see last week at Motherwell, we, we, we were faced with a challenge, a different challenge. We had to adapt. And whilst you don't get that second goal today, you know that, especially towards the end, you're going to have to rely on your big players to stand up and be countered. And I thought we did. You know, Barisic has made a, a match-saving block in terms of maximum points. Griggs come and takes an important cross. So everyone's standing up and doing the roles extremely well. Alex, what did you make of it? Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the game, Gordon, in uh, extremely difficult conditions. Um, it was blowing a gale at Ibrox at the weekend. Uh, I thought Hibs, uh, as, as Stephen Gerrard said there, they, you know, if it had been two or three, I think he made Barnes made a couple of point-blank saves. Um, but you have to say, they, they really worked their way into the game the second half. Probably the dominant team. Uh, well, no, probably, they definitely were. Uh, if you look at the shots on target for Hibs, I think that would be the big disappointment for Jack Rice for the amount of play that he had. They had eight corners. He just didn't really trouble Alan McGregor over over the piece. In terms of league football, I, I know that St Mirren defeated Rangers in a Betfred Cup tie, but in terms of league football, 
Hibs are the only side in the Premiership to have troubled Rangers 2 2 at Easter Road. Yeah. Uh, and at times in the second half, Rangers were up against it and looking nervy and hesitant at the back because of the pressure that Jack Ross's team put on them. So I know it's little consolation since you get no points out of it, but Hibs did extremely well at Ibrooks. 01419511025 on that game or any of the others. There's a few big debating points in there as well. A couple of penalty shouts, uh, none given, of course. What did you make of them? Get your thoughts in on the phones and on Twitter. Let's kick off. I think Gary is the first one through tonight from Shettleston. How's it going, Gary? Hi, Gordon. You alright? Can I make a point to you first, Paul? On you go. You've been a, a breath of fresh air since you started, mate, right? Thanks, Uncle Gary. I'm really pleased. Was it yesterday? No sure it was. Unlikely How no, would have been Not no, here no, yesterday The day before mm-hmm. The day before Saturday was uh, Celtic fan on the phone Alright Celtic fan wasn't he He was just Going to loan a bit too much And arguing with you And that mm-hmm. Right Now you just put the phone down And said Merry Christmas What's wrong, what's wrong with that? I mean, we've all got opinions God know what I mean You just don't Hang on go Merry Christmas I mean, I mean, I've spoke to a few Celtic fans uh, the last couple of days who have said, who was that? Who was that? But just put, putting the phone down, the guy saying, Merry Christmas. If you're a Celtic fan, I don't care. That's what it sounded, Gordon. Gary, I'll be honest, you've absolutely lost me. I don't I don't put the phone down. I don't have a phone. There is there is no phone to put down. I, I really don't really know what, what Gary's on about, if I'm being perfectly honest. And Merry Christmas sounds like a... Nice Fairly pleasant. obvious thing to say on Unboxing Day yeah, I don't I mean, know. Do you have thoughts on the game Gary? What we'll do is I'll give you my mobile number We can have this private discussion later But if you want to talk about the football Let's do that just now Right, no bother I just think uh, Next week's game I think we should stick to the diamond shape with Rangers I think that looked, that looked great So it did Players played well And I hope uh, Neil keeps that team Or is Gary on to something Or Celtic now finding that that formula that, that might be the one to take them forward and try well, and claw back this gap. I, I think Celtic have to go to Ibrox with the intention of winning the game. I don't think a draw does Celtic any good. They have to go there with the intention of winning, and therefore you would play Odson Edward and uh, Lee Griffiths up front. The biggest problem for Celtic is at the back, and it always has been throughout the season. They've used nine different players at the back this season. And they're no closer to knowing what the best defensive formation is or who the best defensive personnel are. And they also have behind them a young goalkeeper who is, to call him an apprentice, uh, is an understatement. He's only played five times for Celtic. Uh, so it's at the back where Celtic have to do most of their thinking. But for sure... They have to go forward. I think Sorrow will go out. I think Scott Brown will come in. I think Ryan Christie will stay in. Odson Edward and Griffith will play up front. And Celtic have to be brave and go for all three points. Gary wants to talk about the midfield though, Alex. Yeah, and a, a, way, of, now, Gordon, a, a yeah. way of getting Griffiths and, and Edward in. It's the knock-on effect. Is that that diamond? diamond does that seem to be working mm. to an extent? Um by by going with the two up top, Gordon, it becomes an issue to try and contain the fullbacks mm. for Rangers. Then, um, not finally, not specifically with no, regards know, to Rangers. I, just I, at the moment, is, is Celtic's midfield functioning better now than it perhaps was previously? Yeah, they, they look a lot more comfortable, Gordon. And I think the fact that Soros come in uh, again, this goes back 
To answer the question first and foremost Celtic seem to be getting a little bit more rhythm about the game They're a little more comfortable They've had a couple of uh, clean sheets of late, Gordon um, And I think we get ahead of ourselves Obviously they've got Dundee United to contend with as well On Wednesday night, Rangers have got St Mirren So everybody is kind of bypassing the games as if they're a given uh, And we've already seen the difficulties that they, they, they both had uh, With St Mirren and, and, and obviously Dundee United prior to the season Earlier on the season rather So is, what shape do they actually go Gordon Because I was talking to some people today Some Celtic minded people And they were saying Match up Rangers Go with the three Brown, Sorrell, McGregor And then you would you would end up going with uh, Turnbull uh, And then go with Griffiths and Edward But maybe one in play mm. slightly off the, the left so hand Christie side So Christie doesn't play then That's what he was saying He says match Rangers up And he says the reason why he said match Rangers up was In recent performances They've got overrun in the middle of the park They've not dominated it and Rangers have got the, the positive result. Uh, Gary Hugh-Evans thinks that you know Sorrow might not play and, and Scott Brown will once we get to that game. What's your take on that? I think he's right. Yeah? I, th- I think definitely Scott Brown. He's, he's, he's seen these games through for the last 10, 11 years. So he has. See, I think he's right. You'd probably have to start with Scott Brown. If it's not going well, then we can take Scott Brown off at a certain point in the game. I think the gamble, the gamble, Gary, is that, and I said that I think he will start with Scott Brown. But the gamble is, if you arrive at a stage where you're bringing Scott Brown off, the chances are the game's beyond you at that point. Yeah, and you, you've made the mistake that, yeah. that might have cost you. Thank you to Gary and Shettleson for kicking us off. Let's hear from Neil Lennon. He says the players made the Hamilton win look easy despite the tough conditions. He says it's the best performance from Odson Edward he's seen in a while. I thought we were outstanding. I thought we were brilliant first half. And, um, you know, we could have been two or three up first half. But the, the attitude and the approach to the players and, you know, dreadful conditions on a plastic pitch I thought was outstanding. And um, a special player for a while. The body language of the players was excellent. So, yeah, it's been a great day for us. Great three points. Yeah, I thought he looked great. You know, it's the best he's looked for a while. You know, he looked free and, you know, his quality was there to see. But the whole team, I thought, functioned really well. And, I couldn't fault any of them and their application and quality was you know we could have won the game by a lot more and it's the quality of chances we're creating now which we haven't been doing you know over the pieces yeah it's looking a lot more we're looking a lot more like ourselves listen there's a long way to go you know and I'm not saying we've turned a, a corner but we're we're starting to do the right things a lot more of the time we're starting to do it better um, and that comes from you know attitude and um, application and confidence you know there's a lot more confidence a lot more zest a lot more fluency about the way we're playing so yeah I'm, I'm delighted with that today because it could have been a very very difficult game but they made it they made it look easy which it wasn't ok let's go back to the phones Charlie is a Rangers fan wants to talk to the panel hi Charlie how you doing Gordon not bad at all what's on your mind tonight uh, well I just, I just heard the panel turn around saying that, um, the game yesterday I'm a Rangers supporter mm-hmm. if you didn't know I'm a Rangers supporter so um, I watched the game yesterday. The only way you can watch it on the telly, you know. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, Rangers were all there, perhaps. Uh, if we waited for that goalkeeper, uh, we would have been... You'd have won that game 3 4 nothing. Uh, the only thing that Hibs uh, could cling on to, which have got plastered all the papers today, is Hadji's high kick, which supposedly have hit the boy in the face. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the guy never even got hit in the face. He, he kind of done, he got hit in the face, he been doing. And the referee done the right thing, no gain any penalty. But even if they did get a penalty, I still think they would have won the game. But uh, to say that uh, Hibs were in the game, I 
think that's a load of rubbish as far as I'm concerned. Well, is, is it, just to elaborate on that, though, Charlie, is this not born even even as confident as you were in the result? You'd have to exceed, accept, sorry, that that's as close as anyone's come to taking points at, at Ibrox. It's not to say that Hibs were were brilliant and Rangers were terrible, but you'd have to acknowledge that given the high standard set by Rangers, it's about as close a game as we've seen, surely. No, not really, because as they say, that the saves that goalkeeper saved them. I mean, the saves of that guy pull off three of the three saves, spot his straight to his body. No uh, one's denying that. No Morelis must have. Morelis, come on, he must have sat and all. You know what I mean? I'm not even counting that one. All we're trying to do here, Charlie, is simply give some credit where it is due, because Hibs have been the only team in the Premiership this season, home and away. To give Rangers yeah, a bit of bother Livingston you're, you're missing out Poor well, Livy On all of this Well But we'll, we'll see what Livy do When they go to the Ibrox But All we're trying to do is Give out some credit And You know it, it, For me It's mean spirited You've got the points You're top of the league You're cantering Surely you can Acknowledge The other team Every now and then Alex Charlie felt Rangers were all over Hibson That there's no yeah. No talk of it being a A contest yeah, I, I thought it was a, a close game, Gordon uh, Purely because it, they finished 1-0 But um, I take Charlie's point I, I mentioned that when you have uh, the, the Golson header Then you have the Balligan point-blank shot for about five yards uh, Again, it's down the keeper's throat And if you're clinical, then the game's done and dusted a lot earlier than it is And I just felt for the last 20-25 minutes That Hibs were the team in the ascendancy uh, I even asked Stephen Gerrard after the game, Gordon I said, was it a ploy to kind of drop off? Because normally Rangers play a high press and, and they squeeze the life out of teams But they couldn't get mm. the ball retained up front Which allowed them to get a foothold in the game And, and you have to credit Hibs mm. for that And in saying that They only had one shot mm-hmm. on target in 90 minutes So yeah, you know you have to factor that in as well And to, to then though Look at other look at the, the chance in the first minute for instance It doesn't go on target But it's still a very good chance Yeah absolutely Gordon it, yeah. That, that's all, I think that's all people are basing it on Hibs created more And clearly worried Rangers more than anyone else Whether that was yeah. a lot or not Rangers clearly Deserve to win the game I don't think there's much doubt about yeah, that All you have to do is simply acknowledge that No one's saying that uh, Hibs were deserving of the three points Nobody But just acknowledge that every now and then The opposition had a decent spell in the game I, right. thought, I thought he set his team up well Jack, you know, I think the first half The boy Dodge coming in He had a tough time at Parkhead earlier on the season I think he got hooked at half-time Gordon, he had a mm-hmm. torrid time He had a very uh, good game, didn't he? Yeah, well listen He had the freedom on that left-hand side at times And you know, he puts on a good delivery So, you know, you have mm. to you have to give people credit When it's so when it's so tight Going into the dying uh, 10 or 15 minutes No one's come up with the game plan yet Because no one's taken anything Rain, You know, We saw Motherwell very different from Hibs But a very yeah. specific game plan So nothing's worked fully to, to get a result What did you make of did, did Hibs show again glimpses of what can can maybe be done? It, yeah. it seemed as if there was a real deliberate attempt to, to like play a, balls into the channels, channels and, yeah. and work Rangers that way But, but Gordon, see the, the way that Rangers set up And I think that was one of the reasons why Balligan was in Because Rangers are not changing their philosophy for anybody The two fullbacks bomb forward they try and get their, their width from these guys. Opposition managers are identifying that there's space down the sides. And then that's the reason why Connor Golson and, and Balligan were 2v2 at times. So they're happy to go man so for man. So Balligan quicker? Is that why, oh, that by, why he's... By, right. Yeah, okay. without doubt. And I think that's the reason why he was in at the weekend over Hollander. Charlie, how do you feel your, your set-up? Alex says, you know, people are... are Overlooking the St Mirren and Dundee United games and, and jumping straight to the Celtic game That's that's kind of what we do in this part of the world But how are you feeling about the overall picture? 
Well, as I say, every every game, uh, every game starting, I'm sitting with one eye shut. Know what I mean? Because I'm always waiting the banana skin, which has already happened in the cup, which I didn't expect that. So that has happened in the cup, but um, in the league, uh, we've no done nothing wrong yet. Um, and I had the two eyes open yesterday, and when I watched that game yesterday, I thought Rangers were all well then, you know what I mean? But the thing is, the points are running again. You know, it's it's maybe been a good thing they've been knocked out of the cup because it gave them a wake up call. And the thing is, Gerard should have went for a, ju- a jugular when he played St. Man. He dropped players he shouldn't have dropped. I get, I get that, Hugh, but see if you're. Rangers or, or any team of that size Going out of a competition Is never a good thing I know oh, what no. he says About wake up calls And all the rest of it But it, it's never a good thing Can't no, be If you haven't won a trophy For a decade You can't be mm. picky About which one you're in And which one you're out of And they did go for the jugular They were a goal up After 8 minutes Thereafter They didn't do their jobs properly Charlie thank you It's 01419511025 It's a good time to call We're going to hear from Neil Lennon And Stephen Gerrard And maybe you next you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevens is here. Alex Ray is alongside him, and they're both waiting on you to get in touch. 0141-951-1025. What did you make of the weekend's football? The games come thick and fast at this time of year. We're back in action again in the Premiership on Wednesday. Then at the weekend, it really is all happening. No winter break this year either. So. Um, no let up whatsoever Give us a call Let us know what's on your mind Or tweet us At Clyde SSB uh, Neil Lennon is happy With the link up play He saw between Odson Edward And Lee Griffiths He believes they are capable Of beating Rangers on Saturday But his only focus at the moment Is Dundee United on Wednesday Yeah I'm pleased with that You know Griff You missed a couple of good chances Early on Great link up play For the first chance The keepers made a good save He's unlucky with the header On the post but we're creating them nice, you know, we're, we're getting the balls in the right area. We're looking more potent and um, there's a good fluency about our passing today and our movement. Um, so a lot to be encouraged about, but like I say, you know, we've got a lot of work to do still yet. You know, I, w- I wouldn't make predictions like that, but are they capable of doing it? Yeah, they've proved over the past they can do it. But we've got Dundee United to think about first, so, you know, again, like I said, it's just one step at a time. We just keep moving forward in the right direction. I want us to play well like that. I want us to create chances. And we're far more, there's more flamboyance about us today than there's been for quite a, more freedom in our play and our thinking as well. Let's bring in Brian, who's a Celtic fan in Moss Park. What have you got for us tonight, Brian? Hi, it was good to hear Neil there. I'm actually a wee bit appalled by a lot of Celtic fans who basically think the league is over. I don't think we've got a really good chance. Well, of course, we've got to win games in hand and we've got to call back Rangers, but Celtic starting to play two up front as well. I mean, over the years, there has been teams many points ahead at the, the break, the year break, and they've been, it's been held back. I just, Celtic fans caving in. I just, they actually appall me as not really Celtic could. Fans. Is it not just born out of the, the points gap, Brian? Because you're right, you've certainly got a chance of winning the league. You always do, but you just described it as a, as a very good chance. What, what what makes it a very good chance of, of pulling it back from here? By and large, I won't, I won't lie, the last three or four games against Rangers, they have played us off the park totally. We have got three chances to play them, and obviously that's, that, that's going to be the sort of, that's going to be the game changer, how we play against Rangers. And I just think that, I mean, as I say, years and years, there's been like three massive times Celtic have been in front of New Year, Rangers as well, and it's basically changed. I just think, 
we've got the better players, but I, I realise Rangers have actually got the better playing system they have. Gerard, I've got Gerard is due. I think Gerard, in my opinion, is maybe going off tangent here, the best uh, Premiership player ever, in my, in my opinion. But he's clearly got them playing, and he's got guys we've never heard of playing well. <laughs> but we've got the so called stars, and it's just pulling them together. First of all, really Brian, if you, if, you, if you want to talk stats, Brian, it's always a dangerous game to get into because, uh, you know, only once in the last 12 years has the team on top of Christmas Day failed to become the champions. So Rangers were on top on Christmas Day. Uh, just, so he, just out of curiosity, though, because stats can always be sort of manipulated. Yeah. How many of them have had the games in hand scenario that we've got at the moment? Well, I can't. Honestly answer your question there Because I'd need to go back over the records For the last 12 years But the simple stat On top Christmas Day Champions at the end Every year for the last 12 With the exception of one uh, But also Brian You know it's not appalling For people to have an opinion uh, This whole programme is about people having opinions Both in the studio and on the phone line So it's not appalling to have an opinion why do Celtic fans sing these songs? We're Celtic sports through and through, and obviously they're not. You've got to take the good and the bad, and you've got to believe no, in your uh, team. It's not, it's not, it's no, not over. No, but it's you, over. Yeah, but you can, you can exercise your prerogative to be realistic. I've got a near neighbour uh, who is a major Celtic supporter and said to me this morning uh, he was not looking forward to the game at Ibrooks, And that's simply because Rangers have been formidable in the league this season Home and away The stats tell you All you need to know And Celtic have been Less than formidable mm. And incidentally Brian Dundee United When they go to Celtic Park On Wednesday Mark McNulty Lawrence Shanklin Nicky Clark It's a good test Of the Celtic defence it, it will get them prepared For Ibrooks Because United could have a goal In them And uh, you know If you score Then it's up to Celtic To get two Hearing from Neil Lennon There Alex He yeah. clearly liked What he saw From Edward and Griffiths Brian and I would guess I don't like to speak on behalf of people But a large number yeah. of Celtic fans Agree and, and want to see Edward and Griffiths together Against Rangers Is it going to happen? I don't think so Gordon Really? Uh, I don't know I don't And uh, partly the reason being is uh, With the greatest respect to these other teams Playing against Hamilton and Ross County and Kilmarnock I think you can quite easily go with two I think the problem you have is, is uh, In the wider areas uh, for uh, trying to combat Rangers um, because they're so dominant mm. in, uh, in the wider areas and you also have to throw an extra body in the middle of the park so is this that great tactical battle then for, well, that, that we see in all football games where you have to weigh up your chances of, of going and doing something in the game and impacting it fr from your perspective and then, then stopping the opposition because yeah. you're right if, if Celtic were looking at stopping Rangers they may yeah. not want to do that but having seen Celtic in the last few weeks is their best chance of hurting Rangers not to play Griffiths and Edward? Yeah, Gordon, as, as uh, the caller said there, Brian, he just says play with the two guys up front. By playing with the two up front, you then have in the middle of the park a 3v2. So all of a sudden, Rangers have a numerical uh, advantage in the middle of the park where they have dominated the games and it's because of that. And unless they get another body in the middle of the park, then I, I don't see how they can actually compete because I think Rangers will, will, will win the engine room. And, uh, and I think that's the reason why you'll go with one up top I can keep it wrong yeah, no, no, but I can then imagine Celtic fans thinking yeah fair enough so we stick another body in there we, we might be able to limit Rangers a bit more but we actually won't be able to hurt them we, and we won't be able to go and win the game yeah but they've won, they've won games in the past with one up front Gordon they have, to, they have to be able to compete in the middle of the park I've said it time after time 
That is where the game is won and lost They have lost a battle in recent times And it's because of the, the three mm. The fluency the, 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 the ball players they have in there Because it's guys that can handle the ball And you have to be able to match them physically And also be brave enough to get on the ball Brian we'll find out But I'm imagining you and all your fellow Celtic fans Or a lot of them Like what they see when Edward and Griffiths play together Is that fair? Of course I have you got to appreciate it. I do feel appreciate Eddie, uh, Eddie and obviously in charge Used to do the purchase now, These guys are just like No one that But I think if Celtic play one up front There's no chance just, Guys just going to get sucked Defence is just going to soak it up Soak it up We need to play at 3-5-2 And we need to go for it I mean I don't, I don't even think I would say possibly If we lose If we lose next week It's probably over But I don't want to give it up And I just think We need to go two up front We need to go Go to Rangers We don't want the Rangers We playing one guy up front We've no chance Brian, Brian, you just said go to a back three Which would allow you to get an extra body in the middle of the park But I think over the last four weeks Where it looks a wee bit more uh, solid mm. at the back for Celtic I think they've had three or four clean sheets Then that would mean changing your back line That's actually mm. kind of done well in recent weeks Hugh, is it safe to say the weekend was as good as we've seen from Odson Edward in a while? We all go into amateur psychology mode With Odson Edward Ah, his attitude of mind, his body language yeah, we all prattle on as if we knew what we were talking about. Uh, but you, you amongst them. <laughs> oh, yeah, me. me <laughs> the chief head of the queue. Uh, but there he was in one of the least atmospheric football grounds in the United Kingdom with a howling wind, a perfect view through the rain of three supermarkets, and he gave his all. And he even looked disappointed when he was subbed. So, you know. There was an example of someone who certainly hasn't given up the ghost in a Celtic jersey And who would look forward to Ibrox, I am certain Thank you Brian, it's 01419511025 Stephen Gerrard says Yanis Hadji is one of the players forcing him to make decisions over the next few days He says he will rotate against St Mirren uh, But admits it's not quite the time for wholesale changes Another big player for us um, Worked really hard uh, in training, his form's come back in training Deserved his opportunity to come back into the team and, he, and he's took it and He's still developing, he's still young um, You can see him tired in there in the closing stages But uh, he's been fantastic, really professional um, Wants to learn all the time And um, you know, again, v- very pleased with his performance uh, As I was through midweek um, So I've got some tough decisions to make in the coming days But that's a good place to be in Injury to Scott and there was a few tired legs out there I thought, I thought three or four of us had a period Ten minutes in the second half Where we looked a bit leggy The pitches are getting heavier um, And the games are coming thick and fast So I will use the squad But um, there's, there's no time for wholesale changes Or um, doing that But we have got people ready to come in So I can't see the eleven being the same Come Wednesday night Or Wednesday afternoon Yanis Hadji, Alex If yes. I'd asked you a week, ten days ago To see if any chance of playing against Celtic From the start I suspect you would have said no uh, Just looking at the last three Comes on and, and really helps Rangers win the game against Motherwell Then plays and scores against St Johnson Then plays and scores against Hibs yeah. If he plays tomorrow, uh, Wednesday And has a significant impact Surely he's in, he's got a good chance. in pole position Yeah, well, you'd like to think so Gordon As you just mentioned there I think he's got three in the, his last five games uh, I think he's got ten assists over the piece So just past the halfway stage oh. The boy's 21 He's trying to adapt to Scottish football we, we, we talk about it Guys coming from all over Coming up from England Struggle to adapt to this it looks to me as if he's a lot more hungrier he, He's been chasing down out of possession Which is not really his game 
And I just feel that he's got uh, If he can get in I said that last year as well when he, when he was on loan If he gets in and around the box He's always looking to pull the trigger And I quite like that Because you can catch keepers out You can get rebounds It was sort of like Number 9 movement from him and The other day wasn't it Getting Starting off behind Paul Hanlon And making the run across. across the face Yeah I thought I thought it was a really uh, It looked to me as if he was hungry To be in the right position Gordon And if, if he's going to score goals He can't just be sitting in the peripheral mm. Looking in So I think he's done himself The world of good In, in, in the last 3 or 4 games uh, I would imagine he will play against St Mirren But when it comes to the big game I'm not so sure Okay let's bring in Ross Who is a Rangers fan from Thornley Bank What's on your mind tonight Ross? No it's just about the Rangers game We didn't really play well uh, the weekend there uh, We played decent enough But at least We're stopping teams For having a chance against us You know in the last Even In the last 10 games You know we've stopped Teams for even having shots against us If you get what I mean yeah, we're, I mean, we're defending So we only, Even though we only had like Three or four shots As such But the only And only had you The had you shot was The clearest shot we could have Yeah I mean Alex It's another home yep. Clean sheet And as we've said It's on it And we're seeing a bit of the the scale of opinions here Ross is a Rangers fan I didn't think Rangers were that good Charlie previously yeah. thought You know They were all over Hibs And why are people even mentioning Hibs' role within the game But Like I say It's all about What we've been used to Hibs yeah. clearly offered more Than Any other team at Ibrox this season Is that fair? Uh, domestically Yeah Without doubt Gordon Without actually troubling McGregor In terms of the The Areas and the stuff areas, to, yeah. you know, having sustained pressure uh, Keeping the ball for a longer period uh, Without doubt the, the games that I've actually seen they gave a really good account of herself. Um, the, the the caller there, Ross, is saying that he didn't create a great deal other than the, the Hadji chance. For me, Conor Golson uh, and Balligan's mm. are really, really good opportunities because they've managed to kind of get a free, free header and a free shot for five yards. Morelis is a really good chance later on in the game. But I think they can play better. I think they can create more opportunities. But what the, the most thing that's glaring for me is they're finding ways to get the job mm. done, Gordon And that's the most important thing for Stephen Gerrard Ross, in that clip we heard from Stephen Gerrard They spoke about an injury to Scott Arfield How much of a concern is that for you? He only came well, what, five, uh, five, five, seven minutes or something yeah. So, you know, but it's obviously dangerous with that you know, And it was a kind of dodgy tackle he made as such anyway You know, but it's one of the ones, you know so it's kind of dodgy And especially Scott Arfield He doesn't really need a medic You know sometimes But especially when he brings a medic on And mm. and especially like a week Like you know We've only got like A few days to go to you know, We've got We've got Wednesday to go first Before they'll turn But Yeah the games are coming thick and fast Hugh And that that would have been the one Kind of sour note for, from, yeah. from a Rangers perspective At the weekend But wait and see He might he might be fine He might make a recovery Just It looked like a bit of a sore one At the weekend I think Celtic would be happy If Scott Arfield wasn't there uh, He's a good presence And a good goal scorer Yeah uh, So Celtic wouldn't be unhappy If he failed to make the match um, I just think Rangers have now Got such strength and depth You look at the subs bench Every game they play And you think The one difference That makes this Rangers side uh, A far better proposition Than the first two seasons of Steven Gerrard's time at Ibrox is the strength and depth. So, if Arfield has to miss out, then injuries happen. That's too bad for Rangers and it's a, a help to Celtic. But it's not as if Steven Gerrard's got no alternatives. No, of course I, he does. I think it's a big loss uh, for them, Gordon. For a guy who has got seven goals already, um, his experience, his know-how, and, um, you know, I think he's another option in terms of the... Because Ryan Jack's been out for a, a sustained period, as, as Hugh said. Because he, 
Aribo uh, and Arfield are vying for that one spare place. For me, Stephen Davis and Kamara are a shoe in. Um, so obviously uh, Aribo would be the natural replacement. But behind that, you've got different options because the only other option you're talking about here is Zungu. He's a sitting midfielder. Yeah, I don't think you want to get too many goals off him. He's not the guy that's going to bust from midfield uh, beyond. So I, I do feel as if that would be a big loss If he has got a, a serious injury Thanks a lot to Ross 0141-951-1025 Still looking for you to get your Jim McLean tributes and memories in Because we're definitely going to make room for that uh, A bit later on in the show After the travel We're going to hear from Jack Ross He felt Hibs were denied a clear penalty at the weekend What did you make of it? 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here It's 0141-951-1025 To get in touch with them All the weekend's big talking points If you think we've missed anything Just phone us about it that, That's the way it works Don't complain that this hasn't been spoken about Or that hasn't been addressed Phone and you can talk about it Or tweet us away At Clyde SSB uh, Let's hear from Jack Ross He says Willie Collum missed an obvious penalty As Ryan Porteous went down After being clipped by James Tavernier uh, he also says they wanted to have a go at Rangers and was proud with what he got from his players. Well, I think to begin with, we're trying to grow and foster a mentality of the club that we're not happy to lose matches. So we're disappointed because we're not taking anything from the game. But as a day for tempering that with, um, with pride in large parts of our performance, we thought we were excellent. I think how hard we pushed Rangers, how hard we made them work for the victory in a stadium that they've been relentless this season. So um, a lot for us to be pleased about, apart from the end result. Yeah, well, the second one is a penalty. Um, it's difficult for me to see at the time, so I'll be honest about that. But I have the benefit of watching it before I come out and speak to you guys, and it's um, it's clear cut. I think it's, it's very obvious. It's a penalty kick, but we didn't get it, so we we have to move on from it. And as I said, we um, ultimately they scored a goal, and we didn't, and that's why we've lost the game. To all the Rangers fans who are currently tweeting furiously, talking about Yanis Hadji and Joan Yule and how there was no contact and how it would have been indirect free kick. That's not the one Jack Ross thinks is a penalty by the way He's no. talking about Porteous on Tavernier We can deal with that as well But but just so that if you're responding to Jack Ross That's not even the one he's talking about. that he's on about uh, yeah. From memory Hugh I don't think you were really convinced by any of them at the I, weekend did, I did think that that was a penalty Well that one did you? Tavernier on Porteous I thought it was a penalty I didn't think that uh, Hadji uh, was deserving of a penalty uh, And the other one where Tavernier goes down And Rangers thought they might get a penalty I didn't think that was a penalty either uh, yeah, I think what Mark Wilson did at the time on that one. Alex, let's mm. admit, for, for some reason, the the Hadji one is, is the one that's getting the headlines, and this is what's strange about it. That's not of the course. one Jack Ross is talking about. So let, let's deal with that, because everyone seems to be... What, what was your take on that? Uh, Gordon, for me, it wasn't mm. a penalty because there was no contact. So it mm. becomes dangerous play, and it's an indirect free kick. However, to actually put your foot that high... You are running a serious risk Because if the player I think it was at Newell yep. If he actually puts his head mm-hmm. In towards where his boot is He could have manifested A penalty there And I think it's dangerous To do that However On the, the evidence we saw It was not a penalty So you think if anything An indirect free kick you, you Were you surprised to see That that wasn't given Yeah absolutely yeah. I said at the time Gordon Because as I said to you By actually putting your foot up there uh, yeah. in, in all honesty Newell's trying to Con the referee by actually holding his face Because there was no contact yeah. I think it was playing for everyone to see that What about this one that he's not happy with Jack Ross's Porteous on uh, Tavernier on Porteous Sorry There's no I think There's contact Tavernier on Porteous But I haven't seen the highlights Now again I didn't see it at the time And it was when they slowed mm-hmm. it down In slow-mo and all that Because we have the benefit of that 
I feel as if there was trying to be a block by McNulty, who then nudges Tavernier. No, it and, can't be McNulty, uh, but um, uh, there was a player come off the uh, right. came from the goal line. Hugh comes out, hits Tavernier. Tavernier clips Portis, so there is contact there. There's no, I'm not denying that. And but again, now I've seen all this chain of events. It's slow mo, so you're asking a referee to see all that mm-hmm. in real time. So listen, if it was a penalty given, I could understand why he would have given it because he clearly catches Portis's uh, left leg. Now let's bring in Robert, who is a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld. Hi, Robert. Hiya, how you doing panel? Good evening to you all Hope you're well, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, hi, it was just on the penalty decision you'd been talking about there um, I was reckon I say my opinion um, I watched it closely at the weekend And yeah, there definitely wasn't any contact It was just um, the way the Hibs player went down When he realised that he wasn't getting to the ball Although he did make an attempt to get to the ball He seen Hadji's foot And he kind of just hit the deck so yeah, there's no really been much said about that. No, I think Robert, we've just said it two seconds ago, mate. I'm, I'm in agreement. I think Hugh's the same as well. I don't think anyone in the studios no. think mm. that's a penalty. Yeah, C Mick is on Twitter. Says the one that Jack Ross is talking about is not a penalty. He says Nesbit pushes Tavernier well, Nesbit into the Portis. Line. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. the one you're on about. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hugh. I think the. <laughs> I'm trying to. We can look at it from our opinion. You're then trying to kind of second guess. The referee, which is which is oh. near impossible. So, on on Robert is now on about the the high boot. Yeah, I wonder then what Willie Collins' thought process is because everyone is saying, well, it's not a penalty because there's no contact. Fine, but he also didn't give an indirect free kick. So I I wonder why, if that makes sense. I wonder what Willie Collins' interpretation was. Well, again, um, he's got it wrong. That's his interpretation <laughs> because it's an indic- indirect free kick. That one has gathered all the publicity because. Joe Newell made a big fuss about it But you know We've established that That wasn't a penalty uh, Even Jack Ross um, That's did, not the one that he's Yeah Because he, he said the second one's a penalty In other words The first one he's, he's not bothered about yeah. uh, So Joe Newell gave everyone a good headline Wondering why Willie Collum didn't give it um, But That's not At issue here Even for Jack Ross It's not a penalty so mm. we go back to Tavernier and Portis Listen, as Alex said Crowded penalty area Referees try to take in everything at once With the benefit of uh, replays People come to certain conclusions But mm. it's the old standard cliche Willie Collum gets one look at it in real time And he couldn't yeah. see anything there That's Gordon, the, that, sorry so the, 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 We've obviously highlighted I actually thought Portis was a, was a penalty on uh, Kemar Roof and, and I'll give you my reason Is that the one where he kind of slides it's, over the top it, it of the was ball? A, it was a giving low And he's he's tried to win the ball with his right yep. foot And he's kind of caught it I'd say maybe around about his calf area gone So he's, he it, kind of it, rolls over the top He rolls it. over the top it. For me, if you're going with that Then you have to connect with the ball First and foremost with your foot And not uh, with, with your calf I thought that for me Did you say Mark Wilson thought it was a penalty that one? <laughs> no, um, that was the other one That was on Tavern I'm starting to lose track That was the one on Tavernier Alright oh, okay See there are three things Certain in this life Alec <laughs> Yep Death Income tax And Willie Collum I, do, I just I just thought by, by going with that You have to get it He's actually went over The top of the ball To actually win it Gordon So I just felt as if That was a penalty I didn't think he got the ball With his initial tackle uh, Lots of people are, are breaking I don't have many rules Because nobody cares What I think But I, I've, I've made it clear A million times I don't care the team So don't, don't accuse me of, of I don't care the team Still images of tackles 
No, can't stand them. Cannot stand them. Honestly, it just doesn't work. I can't. Doesn't work. I can't. Stop sending me still pictures. You get so much stick tonight when you told everyone on Saturday that you have a brick in the wall at Fir Park. I can't. I can't help but think of you now as Pink Floyd. Just another brick in the wall Yeah with the grammatical error That's on it That's why the story oh. Came about Anyway I forget that Robert what about the, the football then Let's take these I thought we had only One or two penalty claims We've now got half a dozen um, What did you make of the, the game The result The performance I was delighted With the performance And the result And I know Hibs did play well And they had plenty of chances But um, They were all plenty of possession But they didn't really trouble us as indirect shots at goal mm-hmm. So I was just delighted Conditions The opposition And the result I thought it was A great result again Is it the, is it the kind of Performance and win Alex That yeah. say it's week 2 3, 4 of the season And you do that Every week You might start thinking mm, mm-hmm. These are a bit close for comfort what, What's round the corner But Rangers have played over 50% Of their league games yeah. Do, do they now really start And given that Hibs are a decent side as well Is that when you can start putting them into the category of Ooh, That might be the type of performance that wins yeah. you a league yeah. Rather than oh, we're limping over the line or whatever Without doubt I think uh, Jack Ross said that they've been blown everywhere away You know they've got maximum points at Ibrooks. Um It just looked to me Gordon as if they're finding ways You know over the last couple of years they've struggled to do that And uh, that was another one at the weekend It wasn't just Hibs you were contending with The actual conditions for both teams mm. Or horrific Okay I think we'll leave it there Robert pleasure to speak to you Make sure you give us a call back sometime I think that takes us up nicely to this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Okay beat the pundit time Your chance to win a signed ball Maybe Santa wasn't good to you And you want that extra present Well this is the chance If you come on here You get more questions right than Hugh or Alex you win yourself a sign ball It's that simple 01419511025 You do need to be quick though Lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here We're here until 8 o'clock So there's plenty of time to get your calls in We kicked off hearing from the likes of Neil Lennon And uh, Stephen Gerrard Jack Ross looking back on the weekend's biggest talking points Plenty more where that came from I want to hear your memories Your tributes Your thoughts About the sad passing Of Jim McLean I'm sure Hugh will have Something for us on that It's been a sad weekend One of the legendary figures Of management in Scotland So we'll hear from you On that topic After we do this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football We've actually got breaking news coming out of Kilmarnock tonight as well So I'll tell you all about that as soon as we play Beat the Pundit Hugh and Alex have been studying hard all weekend The what, what, what's your, you got a selection box of choice? Is it Ferrero Rocher? Are you a quality street man? What oh, have you been like like chocolate? What are you on, mince pies? What have oh, you yeah, been indulging yeah. in since Christmas? Mince pies and shortbread So mince pies, shortbread, the papers he's been studying He knows his stuff so Tunnels, Tunnels tea cakes, a box of them About 20 odds of them, I'm demolishing two or three at a time Let's bring in George and Guruk Hi George Good evening gentlemen, season's greetings to you Same to you George, good to hear from you. you You sound quite confident George, it's quite a confident greeting from you well, You fancy your chances? I'm going to do my best Get This is that. my third time on So hopefully third time lucky Because the pundits have beaten me twice Oh dear Right maybe you shouldn't be that confident then Let's find out But <laughs> do you know what You've called on a good night No offence Hugh or Alex Let's find out Heads you're up against uh, Hugh Tails it will be Alex Ray 
Ooh, and it's Mr Mince Pie himself It's Hugh Keevans oh. against George in Guruk So I'll give Hugh Clay 2 to listen to Just so that he doesn't steal your answers We'll put 30 yeah. seconds on the clock And we'll get you up and running You know the drill George Just a reminder that you can pass Okay so if you don't know it Pass quickly And we'll move on alright Okay Top man 30 seconds Your time starts now How many old firm games took place in 2020? Three Who did David Turnbull score his first Celtic goal against? Uh, Ross County Who are third in the Scottish Premiership? Aberdeen Who are Scotland's first opponents at Euro 2020? Croatia what was the score the last time Dundee United played Celtic? 2-0 apart, apart from Rangers Which Scottish side did Claudio Canidia play for? Dundee Who drew with Liverpool yesterday? West Brom Okay, let's bring Hugh Keevans back Hugh, can you hear us? I can Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now How many old firm games took place in 2020? Five Who did David Turnbull score his first Celtic goal against? Um, pass Who are third in the Scottish Premiership? Aberdeen Who are Scotland's first opponents at Euro 2020? Pass What was the score the last time Dundee United played Celtic? 1-0 Celtic Apart from Rangers, which Scottish side did Claudio Canidia play for? Dundee uh, Who drew with Liverpool yesterday? Uh, that would be West Brom Okay, okay, okay George, how do you think that went? Going to be close oh, It's going to be close Let's find out How many old firm games Took place in 2020 I feel like docking points From Hugh Keevans here It was only one He went five <laughs> uh, I feel like taking some off him But I can't unfortunately None of you got it right It was one um, It was the 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 most recent one The September October uh, uh, Yeah so it was Sorry I don't know why This says September on my sheet It was 17th or something It October. was October 17th uh, Right none of you got it Who did David Turnbull Score his first Celtic goal against Hamilton Lille Oh. It was Lille None of you got that Who are third In the Premiership It is Aberdeen Well done You both got it Who are Scotland's First opponents At Euro 2020 How good does that sound this, next, <laughs> In the coming months We're going to a major it tournament It sound better If I knew the answer Yeah Czech Republic George mm. was close He hit the post He's went Croatia And um, it's Czech Republic What was the score The last time Dundee United Played Celtic 1-0 To Celtic Hugh Evans moves in front uh, apart from Rangers Which <laughs> Scottish side Did Canidia play for Dundee You both got it Who drew with Liverpool yesterday You both got it Which means it's a 4 for Hugh And only a 3 for George and Guruk Hard lines George No worries Thanks George Bye-bye. Fifth time lucky maybe 17th time lucky <laughs> Give us a give us a shout at some point 01419511025 Tight shot tight Oh yes Right, I want to hear if you've got any thoughts, stories, memories, tributes to the late, great Jim McLean who sadly passed away. The the news was announced on Saturday. I'm going to play some tributes for you. You'll get the thoughts of of Hugh and Alex. But still plenty of time for all the usual talking points over the weekend as well. So get your calls in on that one. We do have breaking news coming out of Kilmarnock tonight, Hugh. Uh Disappointing news, undeniably. That's probably an understatement. Kilmarnock Football Club utterly condemns a letter which was delivered to the club this morning containing racist abuse directed at our manager, Alex Dyer. We're working with Police Scotland to identify any individuals involved in this disgusting act and we'll pursue the strongest possible action we can against them. They go on to re- remind everyone about the taking the knee before fixtures. Uh-huh. Um, there's not really much to say on it There's no debate to be had here About no. how unacceptable that is Except Sadly It was inevitable Because when results get very bad People Resort to uh, The worst form of Criticism 
and in this particular case it's racist in nature um, if Alex Dyer does well it won't be because of his colour it will be because of his ability if Alex Dyer does badly it won't be because of his colour it will be because the team that he put out in the park weren't doing well enough and right now we all know the, the stats there eight defeats in their last nine games but typically Gordon you know this person this despicable person sends in a letter but no chance of signing it no chance of uh, being truthful uh, so I, I really sincerely hope that Police Scotland with the help of Kilmarnock Football Club can find out I don't know how they find out who did it but I sincerely mm. hope they do find out who did it it kind of makes me feel a bit uneasy Alex yeah, thinking that po- possibly possibly the person who wrote that's listening yeah. to this show and presumably thinks that that's okay and that, that was an okay yeah. thing to do in 2020 nearly 2021 no. Gordon, it's pathetic. I know Alec Dyer. I've known him for a long time. Played against him. He's a good competitor, Alex. Uh, he's a good guy, decent guy, good football man. He doesn't deserve any uh, racist abuse. Uh, the results are not going well. By all means, uh, kind of show your frustration mm. as, as, as a fan. I mean, let's be but honest. Do it the right th- th- way. Th- this has nothing to do with results. I, I, I don't even want this, this show to, to bring that into this because yeah. that, that makes it sound like it's even 1% more acceptable if results are bad. It's nothing to do with that. No, as, as I said, it's pathetic And uh, uh, I hope they do get the guy gone But I, I agree with you When, when the news broke uh, during that last break there I said to him, there's not a chance the, These type of people are not brave enough to put their name to that or, You know, it's, it's ridiculous and pathetic The one guarantee we have, Alec Is that um, the the supporters of Kilmarnock The directors and the, the owner of Kilmarnock, Billy Bowie uh, The players at Rugby Park And everyone behind the scenes at Rugby Park will be 100% supportive of Alec Dyer, 100% condemnatory when it comes to whoever wrote this awful thing. Uh, And Alec Dyer will know that he has the love and support of everyone associated with Kilmarnock. I mean, I'm not claiming that the the mode of delivery makes much difference, Hugh, but it's the the type of thing we've come to expect from social media because it's there, there's an anonymity there and it's at the fingertip. I mean, a letter delivered, there's a real... Premeditation about that Which is uh, Not nice at all uh, So hopefully um, All the best to Alex Dyer Hopefully Kilmarnock Can get to the bottom of it Jim McLean Talk oh. to me Hugh Keevan Saturday <laughs> night The sad news broke And The If anything good Can come of that It would be the The great tributes And great memories For, yeah. for people who've enjoyed And celebrated his life Over the weekend Jim became the manager Of Dundee United December 1970 uh, and I had started in newspapers January 1970 um, so he and I were in communication throughout the decades you have to understand what Dundee United were like then Dundee mm-hmm. uh, United were managed by Jerry Kerr who was a, a lovely man uh, but one of the old school um, and Jim McLean came in and he invented the modern day Dundee United in the same way that Jockstein invented the modern day Celtic that Alec Ferguson invented the modern day Aberdeen and to my way of thinking Walter Smith at Rangers has been the most influential character in my time in journalism at Rangers so Walter Alec Ferguson Jock and Jim McLean were the great figures of that time and his Accomplishments are well recorded, you know, semi-final of the European Cup against Roma, two up at Tannadice, lost 3-0 in Italy. Many, many years later, 
It was admitted by Roma that the referee had been bribed. Uh, and then the Gothenburg game in the UEFA Cup final, uh, which sadly the United lost on, on aggregate. Uh, for Dundee United to be in European Cup semi-finals and UEFA Cup finals, to have won the league in 1983, astonishing. And Jim McLean, who was so talented that Rangers offered him the job, I always felt sorry for him because he went to Ibrox and he spoke to Rangers and I think he felt that his methods would work at Tannadice. He was dictatorial, let there be no doubt about that. His methods were draconian, let there be no doubt about that. But he made good players better players and he made Dundee United successful. But I think he knew subconsciously he couldn't go into Ibrooks and be dictatorial because Dundee United players might have accepted it and there might have been rows and everything that went along with it. But he wasn't going to do that at Rangers. And I always felt sorry for him because that should have been his entitlement. He should have managed one of the big two clubs. Jockstein thought the world of him and brought him on board for Scotland. But his methods were not right for that level. Any particular stories or memories that, that spring to mind? Um, he banned me once for singing. Oh, obviously. Have uh, these banned you? <laughs> uh, we were in Eastern Europe with Dundee United and we're on the bus going from the airport to the hotel and we were on the team bus, which you would never, ever do now. Uh, and the the Jolly Boys from the west of Scotland that started to sing along with one of the songs on the, the bus and Jim came down the front of the bus and <laughs> <laughs> reminded us in no uncertain manner that we were there with Dundee United. This was an important European tie. That's why he banned us. But that night when we came back from dinner, we were walking along the corridor in the hotel and he was coming towards us and I thought, oh no. I'm in trouble here. And he, he said, listen, take that to your pals and have a drink. And he gave us a bottle of whiskey. You know, he, he could flare up and he could calm down very quickly. But let there be no doubt, he was a genius as a football coach. Yeah, you just have to look at his record, Gordon. It was it was phenomenal. And uh, some of the players that he played under at that particular time, I didn't know Jim at all, really. Um, obviously, I kind of watched him from afar. My mate, who I often uh, referred to, who's a big Dundee United fan, he, he's now living in, in Glasgow. And he was 14, Hugh uh, mm. And he came down in the bus The, the supporters bus And by the time he got back They were down at Fir Hill The time they got back to the bus The bus had done a runner uh -huh. And he was stranded in Glasgow And he and he, he thought How am I going to get back up the road And he's, you know, Fir Hill Where the players' entrance is yeah. And he, uh, he stood at the door And Jim walked past And he says Shall I ask him? Shall I ask him? He says, Jim <laughs> my bu The bus has left Because there any way you can give a lift back up the road. <laughs> he said, I need Borison. On you go. Took him up, sat him in the middle of the players and said to the players, look after the young man on the way up the road. I oh, thought it was the back yeah. class. That yeah. is magnificent. I must say, lots uh, of nice ones coming in on Twitter. Jason says, you were some character. You brought fantastic memories to our game that you loved with a passion. Uh, may you rest in peace. Sally says, one of the game's true legends. Uh, that Sometimes, Hugh, that word doesn't quite fit. But I think on this occasion, that, that would be appropriate, say, wouldn't it? You have to... Be old enough to remember what Dundee United were like Prior to Jim McLean's arrival They they meant very little in the grand scheme of things And Dundee Football Club should be kicking themselves Because he worked for Dundee And their manager was uh, John Prentice And he was about to give up the job And he wanted Jim McLean to be his successor But Dundee thought better of the idea And let him go across the road to Dundee United Where he had two League Cups 
the championship by beating Dundee That's right. at Dens Park. Uh, so their loss was very much Dundee United's gain, but Dundee United are what they are today and have the memories that they have today because of Jim McLean. Uh, let's hear from people who knew him very well. Morris Malpass says Jim McLean's up there with the best manager Scotland has ever seen. He says there is no one who could match him tactically. The biggest compliment he's ever had in my eyes is when uh, Jock Steen, the most famous manager in Scottish football, took over uh, the national team. The first person he turned to was Jim McLean to be his assistant. Now that speaks volume for somebody like Jim who was, wasn't at a fashionable club, um, but he was at a club who produced a lot of players. He was at a club who got to finals. He was at a club who had a great name in, in Europe. He was a person that obviously Jock Steen respected as in football terms and tactically he was different class and I think that's that's the biggest compliment you can pay him when the best manager Scotland club teams ever heard of uh, they go straight to Jim and ask him to, to join him uh, you, you can't get any better than that I've been fortunate enough that I've you know I've worked under Jock Steen and Alec Ferguson uh, we Jim is up there as good as him you know, tactically second to none in my opinion. We Jim had more than one game plan, two game plans, three game plans. He changed his game plan every five minutes. That's just how he thought, you know, during the game. He's up there with the best. The Fergies, the Jock Steens, uh, the Jock Wallaces, and Eddie Turnbulls, guys like that. We Jim's up beside them easily. And Paul Hegarty, uh, former Dundee United captain, says what Jim McLean achieved was beyond the wildest dreams of anyone at the club. He says they enjoyed success at the club deep down but struggled to show it on the surface because that was just type, the type of man he was Jim was a, a wonderful tactician great football knowledge he was very very hard but you know when you get success like what Dundee United did you know if if you had said to the fans um, that would happen to Dundee United in the course of his tenure he probably would say no no chance but Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Uh, a manager who demanded so much. But, um, there was one memory I remember when we beat Borussia Mönchengladbach in the in the semi-final of the UEFA Cup and we got to the final obviously against Gothenburg. He didn't really know what to do because one, we beat them on their home patch, two nothing over in Germany. And he was delighted, but he was embarrassed as well because he was probably wanted to celebrate as well. But because of his manner and his, and his way, you know, he felt it difficult to, to deal with. But deep down, he really enjoyed the moments, but probably wasn't wanted to show it because, you know, he was a very strong and capable manager. Um, on Twitter, lots of nice thoughts coming in at Clyde SSB. Mark Gray says, Growing up watching football and standing in the shed end in the 80s, I took it for granted that we, Dundee United, were to be competing at the level we did was normal. Thank you, Jim. It was far from normal and we'll always be grateful. Thank you very much to Mark. When I hear the voice of Paul Hegarty there, Mm. I'm reminded. Paul was a Hamilton Ackes player up to Dundee United and a a good Hamilton Ackes player was made a very good Dundee United and Scotland player. Hegarty and Neri, Davy Neri. Magnificent the pair of them And that's what we Jim was capable of doing Okay 0141-951-1025 What's on your mind tonight? Plenty of big talking points from the weekend So let's hear from you We'll do it next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard 0141-951-1025 That is the number you need to get in touch with Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray Or both 
they can speak at the same time It doesn't have to be an either or uh, Let them know what is on your mind tonight I've got a full time teaser for you We've got oh. John um, Who's a Celtic fan on the line So we'll speak to him in just a second um, But your full time teaser tonight Is the following Can you name The nine different Rangers players Who scored on the road To Manchester So it's a pretty simple question But I don't know if the answers are simple Novo can you name the nine different Rangers players who scored goals on the road to Manchester? Back to Novo. It was, uh, sorry, yeah, that's one. Raymond Taylor uh, sent in. So thank you to Raymond. If you want to hear your question used on the show in the future, it's full time at Clyde1.com. Maybe you're off work. Maybe you've got a bit of spare time. Get your thinking caps on and put together a question. If there's anything wrong with this question, anything you don't like, blame Raymond. Don't blame me. That's Steve, the way it works. Stephen Whitaker. Yep. Alex? Uh, Broadfoot No das- Was Dasfoot Yes that time, yeah. Okay that's three of nine So I think we can leave it there Good start Nine Rangers players Who scored on the road To Manchester Darsville, Novo Whitaker. Uh, we'll get back to it mm. John is on the line At the moment uh, What have you got for us tonight John? Hi I'm a Celtic supporter From uh, a family of Celtic supporters And in the early 80s um, I was working in the oil industry So we moved up to, to Dundee um, and my son went to school there, and um, obviously Dundee were Dundee United were doing well, so he he used to go to the games. And um, to cut a long story short, he became a mascot uh, for the club, and my wife and I were invited to go along. We had complimentary tickets in the stand. We got access to the players, and he got the ball signed. Well, from that day onward, right up until now, and he's, he's uh, nearly 50 now, believe it or not, he has been a dyed-in-the-wool Dundee United supporter, wow. even though he's lived all over the world. And uh, my memory of Jim McLean was that uh, he was like an exciting guy to watch, even though you didn't know what he was saying. And I remember one time, I can't remember the game, but... Um, they'd won five or six nothing or something like that, and he didn't give them the full bonus because uh, he, they, they sat back for the last fifteen minutes. I think he took ten percent off them, <laughs> and I think that just kind of sums up the guy. He, he and that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> he, he didn't take ten percent off them. He took the whole lot off them. Is that, were, is that yeah, true story? Is yeah, it? they were playing. Wow. They were playing Motherwell. Yeah, there was a bonus. About and I, and I knew that he'd, he'd taken something off them, but but they'd won about was it four or five? They, nothing they, they'd they, won or something. No, they scored six. Oh, to be just, accurate, just and, he, and he took the entertainment bonus away because he said they weren't good enough in the second entertainment half. Entertainment bonus, I like uh, that. Brilliant. But Is that like you two in here, if you get over four on beat the pundit, everything you United extra five on your trophy. Over two in my case. <laughs> um, everything United did under Jim. Uh, was heavily incentivised. Yes. Uh, the, the 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 basic wage might not have been the best. It was the long contracts and all that, but, wasn't it? Oh yeah, but also if you were successful, the bonuses were fantastic. Yeah, it was probably one of the best in, in Scottish football. That so that he believed in incentivising the players. Another one that came to mind that they played Winterslag, who were a, a Belgian team. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, That's quite a name. And we were over there, and it had rained. For 40 days and 40 nights in, in their particular part of Belgium And the game was in doubt But in the morning it passed a, a pitch inspection So we got there And Couldn't believe our eyes On this pitch Which was really, really Sodden 
there's a marching band <laughs> going up and down the place playing jolly tunes. And I thought we Jim was going to go apoplectic. He's trying to get at the band <laughs> to get them off the park. Uh, but they were wonderful in Europe as well. Many, many happy games there and they were good. Uh, talk about timing John You seem like the perfect uh, Caller to, to sort of Switch focus And pay tribute To Jim McLean But you're, you're a Celtic fan You've been talking about Dundee United And of course Those sides meet um, On Wednesday night How big a game is that? Um, well to, to, to be honest um, uh, I, I've um, I, They seem to be Like they play Good one week And not I'm talking about United now And possibly Celtic as well but they seem to play well one week and um, they've got like a, a threat up front and then I, I really don't know what I'm going to get obviously I, I'm hoping for a, a Celtic win to hey, what, about, what about from a Celtic perspective John because I think everyone knows unless you've been living under a rock what game comes after Dundee United so does it go without saying you you got to try and get into that one in, in a good frame of mind I think that uh, I actually think that um, whatever Celtic can and can't do now, they can still win that game. Because it's an old firm game. And um, you, you know yourself that MD who makes the prediction, uh, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, listen, they, they have thrown up surprises in the past. Then, we, then I feel like then we then got to a, a stage where, where they actually have followed form. But you, you know, know over the last few years, the United will want to mark Jim McLean's passing by giving a performance that is worthy of his memory. So that's game number one. Rangers game number two, separate life form takes care of itself. Game number three for Celtic after that is Hibs. Now you know they have simply got to be on top of their game. Dundee United, Rangers, and Hibs. It's a real mm. tough sequence for Celtic. Yeah, I mean Dundee United. I, I, no, sorry, no, I, I, I actually feel as if Rangers have got a tough sequence as well. They're going to St Mirren uh, in midweek. Yeah, they then have to take. And I agree with John because I was talking to Bob Malcolm today about you know do you, do you think they can win and so forth. He says Alex, you can never predict in these games. And he says I remember going to Parkhead. It was uh, I think it was Big uh, Bob, uh, Amo, and Mo Ross as a back three. Kenny Miller was a right wing back. He says we were decimated. We nicked a one-one draw. You know, so you just don't know what you're oh. actually going to uh, pitch up with that, but. Um, so as I said you, you have to negotiate With these ones And Wednesday night But Aber- they then have Aberdeen Rangers after that And Motherwell away Hugh So mm. it's a tough It's a tough run for both uh, Yeah of course Dundee United Trying to Put um, The dampener On Celtic's recent Return to winning ways When the sides meet On Wednesday They come off the back Of a one all draw With Motherwell On Saturday What did you make of that one? Oh Daylight robbery Abs- I, <laughs> I can't believe The boy Langy uh, Langy and Longy And <laughs> it was uh, so selfish It was beyond belief You know when you're trying to kind of t- Pick the right option You know shooting when there was overloads And there must have been a real frustration With uh, Stephen Robinson Motherwell supporters as well Because the amount of chances They created yeah. I think that's one of the reasons Why I think Motherwell will be okay Because they've got players who can create Just need mm. to get a, a go Yeah because I'm Sometimes a bit sceptical Hugh When managers bang on About all the chances That they created Sometimes you think Well did, did you really um, On this occasion I think you have to Hold your hands up And, and say Stephen Robinson is, is probably right There were enough chances There to win a couple of games uh, But ultimately You don't stick them away Nicky Clark did At the end And a share of the spoils And that's why 
Celtic have to be wary of a Dundee United team who dug in, had the resilience to keep going, got their equaliser, and have three strikers there in Mark McNulty, Lauren Shankland, and Nicky Clark. Uh, from Motherwell's perspective, they've got this thing at the back of their minds about these points that were uh, given to them, but now have been suspended. And they'll have to mm. find out if they have to play for them now, which I think would be the right outcome. Gordon, there may well have been a penalty uh, as well on uh, O'Hara come in late after someone. I think McNulty, he'd had a, a shot. Mm. Um, but it's, it's one of the ones. You, a lot of the times you don't get that. You know, because mm. you've got your shot away, somebody comes in and catches you late. So you know, there's a wee bit of inconsistency in that field. As Hugh quite rightly says, the league table looks very, very different for Motherwell than it did on Saturday morning. They now find themselves in ninth place on 17 points, which is only four above bottom spot. Ross County occupy that at the moment. Stephen Robinson is hitting out at the authorities for announcing the decision to suspend Kilmarnock and St Mirren's punishments on Saturday morning. Here's what he had to say. The timing was was well thought out on the day of a game announcing it so maybe people could use their brains and maybe announce it on the Monday I'm, I'm nearly 100% sure they didn't make Christmas Day but as we, we have not shouted and screamed about points or not points we, we haven't done anything wrong we're willing to play the games we always were and when people decide that we'll do that and if they give us the points and obviously we'll, we'll deal with that we're not in control of that and never have been and never really shouted our mouths off about it so we'll deal with what they, they give us I've got to be careful what I say I'll get in trouble an announcement on the day of a game isn't ideal that's all I'll say I mean, it was a brilliant performance away from home and, as I said, we had enough chances to win two games. Um, so, uh, you know, it didn't look like it affected them. It could have done. You know, uh, as I say, if people actually think and, and put their brains together for once, it would be great. Um, you know, that announcement on Monday doesn't have any kind of impact. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, to announce it in the morning of a match was ill-timed, for, for, for starters. And uh, he has a very valid point. And, and he was right, because the amount of chances that they created over the course of that game, Gordon, they just need to find a way of scoring goals. The, the only thing that takes away from his argument, and I do have sympathy for him, the thing that takes away from his argument, he was in front. They were playing mm. well. They were wasteful. At 1-0, they were mm. wasteful. And it wasn't playing on their minds to that extent that they couldn't win the match. They They had the match. And they were wasteful in front of goal Being in this position has taught me many things Hugh And I feel like hitting out at football authorities So easy It's very very easy to do There probably isn't a league in the world where fans go Oh you know, I love the people that run our league They're <laughs> yeah, brilliant yeah. But there are times where we just seem to make it hard for ourselves yeah. Why on earth would you possibly I'll take any suggestion why would you announce that you're taking those points back the morning of a game? Why would you do that? Well, you know, I have no idea why you would do that. Uh, I'd love to ask the person who took the decision, but as Stephen Robinson rightly said, they didn't meet on Christmas Day and then decide to announce it on Boxing Day. So, leave it until the Monday. So he's entitled to be annoyed by the insensitivity shown but at the same time, they had the points and they were wasteful. Because Alex, we'll find out, and if it, it... Most people, I think, not everyone, but most people think that the punishments handed to St Mirren and Kilmarnock were, were harsh, were unfair, were over the top. And if this plays out and that decision gets reversed and they play the games, I don't think anyone will really complain. You heard Stephen Robinson there, Mother will have been sort of caught up in this. They, they never asked for the points. They, you know, they, yeah, of course. They, they yeah. were given the them. victim of it, yeah. Um, but it just shows you how how sort of wide-ranging the mess is because if you remember how long it took so Motherwell 
would have been, they were they were in limbo. They didn't know. They didn't know if they were going to play the fixtures or not. They're then told you don't have to play them. Here's the points. Then the points get taken back on the morning of the game. And then, by the way, Muller might get those points again when the hearing comes around on the 14th of January. I think the whole episode has been handled badly, Gordon. And, and again, going back to the timing of it a couple of days ago, it's, t- it's it's totally inappropriate when you're preparing to throw out information like that. They could have waited t- till today or even Sunday. Uh, and allow the time uh, the teams to deal with it. So I think the whole situation and and as as that was happening now, this are still going back to yep, yeah yeah. I think the appeal over, heard on yeah. the fourteenth of January. So listen, we're still we're still none the wiser. Uh, we're about to speak to Gary in Hamilton just to mark your card. The Scottish Cup draw took place tonight, so fans of the, the Championship sides and so on might be interested. I won't read them all. Um, Partick Thistle fans home tie against Cowden Beef. Morton fans home tie against. Uh, Dunfermline whole championship clash there that's a tough one uh, to get that in the second round of the Scottish Cup what else jumps out are there any any interesting ties who, who um, I told you this earlier didn't I now I can't remember who <laughs> was it Dunfermline no no, no. Um, Falkirk Falkirk yes, yes, yes Falkirk. we got yeah, there uh, Stirling Albion Wraith Jim Duffy's Dumbarton will take either uh, take on either Huntley or Cumbernauld Colts Bucky Thistle Inverness Some great t- I don't yeah. know if you saw this At the weekend right The McCaskill family Did that ring a bell? Scottish Cup at the weekend Surely Hugh We will never see The likes of this again Brothers Craig And Andy Both Scored Directly from corners In two different First round matches In the Scottish oh. Cup On Saturday How good is that? That's, that's tremendous You'll sleep well tonight Remember that stat But seriously McCaskill clan well One done, for boys. Keith one for Bucky A very windy They're brothers And they both scored directly from corners In two different Scottish Cup games They should have taken the corner flags with them At the end of the game And planted them in their garden They may well have done In fact we're getting the last uh, of the ties I think um, Scheduled tonight Dundonald Bluebell Against Queen's Park Hugh Queen's Park They'll be going for their 11th Scottish Cup It's been a while since they won exactly. one Well yes uh, Even I don't remember the last time they won it But uh, yeah That's a what they call the romance mm. of the cup Yeah it's not every night You can see Dundonald Bluebell On no. your telly So once where, you're finished with Dundonald us anyway? uh, Once you're finished with us You can turn oh, on it The uh, Is it Fife I think I think it's yeah. I think they're a Fife team <laughs> mm, Someone's going to tell me That's nonsense Aren't they I'll just look it up right now Well we're The beauty of modern technology I don't know Producer Chris can look it up for me um, oh, We'll get there yeah, I, think, I don't know where I've got that from Right let's bring in Gary Who is a Rangers fan From Hamilton is Fife I knew is he No mask off me uh, Gary is in Hamilton How's it going Gary? Uh, not bad panel How are you doing? You yeah, doing alright? All yeah. good Gary All good What's your point tonight? Uh, um, so first of all um, 2nd of January um, Is the old firm game And first of all uh, 50 year anniversary From the Hybrids disaster So I think it puts things Into perspective this year That with Covid And everything like that Everybody enjoys the game On Saturday And is safe for their families Um but my point I just wanted to ask the panel was, if there was an old firm victory for um, Rangers or Celtic, do you think that will have an impact on the January transfer window? If, for example, if Rangers did win and took it to 19 points clear, do you think there might be a, a different opinion at Parkhead or vice versa at Rangers? Good to get the panel yeah. thoughts. I, I think in terms of Celtic, uh, if Celtic lost to Ibrox on the 2nd of January, um, they would be disinclined, I think, to go in heavily in the transfer market. Uh, the Hibs game would have to be got. Well, what out would, of the what way. do you mean by that? Because you think it's too late then? Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. right. I, I, I think Gary's suggestion was 
you know, Celtic lose and therefore they feel they have to turn to the market, but you actually think that by that stage it would be too far gone anyway. Celtic have spent a lot of money, but unwisely in many cases. Um, I think if Rangers had a 19 point lead over Celtic at the end of the game on Saturday, uh, even with the three games in hand, Celtic would still be 10 points behind Rangers. I think they would be disinclined to go in heavily. They would get the Hibs game out of the way. Um, if anything was dropped there, then I don't see any point in Celtic spending heavily in January because at the end of the season, uh, the whole club will need to be reset. It's a good question though. Yeah, because, I mean, okay, that's the scenario for a defeat and that's Hugh's opinion. You know, say it's a draw. Say it stays at, say it stays at um, of course. 16 points. With Celtic giving those game in hand, might they fancy that, I don't know, the right, the right addition yeah. could be... The thing that, that close it back I think Celtic will have their eye on a few players uh, Over the, the January window Regardless Gordon I don't think their transfer policy will change One way or another Because they most certainly need a goalkeeper um, So the, that that will happen again It will reflect on players coming and going uh, Because you know mm. there may be one or two Wanting to get out the door He's already said Neil Lennon You know those players want to leave So if they leave They will obviously need replaced Because you don't want to be a lighter Getting into the second part of the season So I think Stephen Gerrard's mentioned If the right player Becomes available If anything though Maybe trim their squad So I don't think There'll be a great deal Of activity either way what's, uh, your own, what's your own Take on it Gary Would it be fair to suggest That as a Rangers fan Given the way You've started the season It, it, it might be more about Trying to keep People ra- Rather than looking at, at who's to come in Yeah I think If, if Rangers um, Got the victory um, As it says We'll just need to take Each game as it comes right? But I think If Rangers got the victory um, the the board itself we may be more reluctant to reject offers that come in for the the Barisic, the Camaras, etc. Um, so I generally think from both ends, I, I agree with the point. That I don't think there'll be much movement, but I think from a Rangers point of view, is the fact that if um, if, for example, the three points on Saturday, it may actually give the board more relief to actually reject these um, offers from other teams for their big players. But we we'll just need to wait and see, I guess. Or or right now, I'm just just having a bit of fun. <laughs> Stretching it to 19 points Would anyone in the Rangers boardroom Be so confident That you're getting over the line from there That you can actually afford To take in a big fee no. And think Don't worry about it We'll still get over the line from here No I don't think uh, I don't think anyone will go out in January Gordon I genuinely don't think anyone Of any substance will go out Now again that may well reflect on Someone putting a serious offer in, And then the question uh, Needs answered But I would be surprised If Rangers haven't tried to build and, and spend over the last couple of years mm. to get where they're at They, they then went and sell someone uh, way what's at stake I know we put a lot of emphasis on these games here Because oh. you know they're, they're massive But I wonder from Celtic's perspective If any deficiencies that they feel they've got they, They've already been laid bare Regardless of what happens on, uh-huh. on Saturday is that, is that fair? Yeah um, But you know, you're know you talking about uh, a £5 million goalkeeper Who will be sitting on the bench you're talking about £5 million Albion Yeti. We haven't discussed him playing in the match. We've discussed Griffiths and Edward, whether both will play or Edward will play and Griffiths will sit it out, whatever. We don't discuss a Yeti. So that's £10 million sitting on the bench. Uh, and if the lead goes to 19 for Rangers, that's why I don't see Celtic going in for any big money buys in the, the faint hope that they can somehow rescue a 19 point deficit 
Gary and Hamilton A pleasure Hopefully we will speak to you soon That was Gary on the line uh, How are you getting on with this teaser? I've had a good response to this one On Twitter I must admit Kenny Vine uh, Is throwing some answers my way I think he's got a good few Milo uh, On there as well We're looking for the nine different Rangers players Who scored on the run to Manchester Darshville Novo Whitaker. Barry Ferguson Yep Laffery mm, No Was uh, Vice, was he there at the time? No Well, he, he's not on the list Boydie? Nope uh, Davy Weir? Nope Broadfoot? You've said him already, still no <laughs> uh, Stephen Davis? Yes, okay, we'll leave it there You've got four to get, we'll get them next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Still time though for you to get your calls in So let's hear from you Or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB Shug the Dug is on Twitter uh, With a nice tribute though to, to Jim McLean He says a lifelong Celtic fan here aged 43 But I loved watching United in Europe in the 80s They were a great team to watch You always knew we Jim would make them give everything for him And they did uh, my dad, God rest his soul, and I are both diehard Celtic fans, but we cheered on United almost like fans of theirs at times because they would take on teams they should lose to, but you expected them to win. They were a credit to Scottish football, a joy to watch. He's a character who'll be missed. I wish we could get back to those times. Real old style football, tackles, contact, not so money driven like it is now. I don't think, uh, I don't like how the game's evolved. RIP Jim, a true legend, says Shug the Dog. Well said, uh, and he's absolutely correct. They played football. In a way that was good enough to beat Barcelona home and away, don't you know? Imagine that at the New Camp Stadium yesterday when they heard the news and thinking, <laughs> I remember that wee man bringing his team here, they were a pest. Right, so how are you getting on with this teaser? Um, just your nightly reminder that if you want to hear your question used on the show, you want to test the pundits out, you think you've got uh, the knowledge to do so, it's fulltime at Clyde1.com. That's the address you need. That's the address Raymond used. And Raymond wanted to know During Rangers Road to Manchester Name nine different players Who scored during that campaign You've got Darshaville Ferguson Novo Davis And Whitaker. They're struggling They are struggling right Because usually with the sort of Couple of minutes at the break And no other distractions That's when the pundits Usually come up with something And they've come up with Absolutely nothing <laughs> Yeehaw Right two Scots yes. Two non-Scots remaining I'll start giving you clues One of them captained the club one of them is still One of the Scots is still playing In the Scottish Championship uh, That would be uh, Naismith No um, Oh, um, Championship So You gave him your goal of the week last week Charlie Charlie Adam oh, young, young Charlie Three to get So one more Scotsman And two non-Scots um, Non-Scots What nationality? One of these guys Haunts Mark Wilson's nightmares that's all I'm going to say So you obviously terrorised him oh, Do you know the thing is Does that mini Does that mini <laughs> no, no, Terrorise no, the Willow No this guy in particular Yeah seriously Yep Anyway right um, 01419511025 uh, On the phones Let's tick off some of the other talking points From a busy weekend of Scottish football St Mirren Back to winning ways I mean yeah, against yes. nine men So at that point you're you know you're expected to But nevertheless One of the red cards Was farcical It would have to be said um, For Ross Draper At Ross County I think John Hughes Has got a long haul Ahead of him um, You know the, the stats Ross County Have picked up Two points 
out of their last possible 36. Wow. Two out of 36. That's why Stuart Kettlewell is no longer there. That's why John Hughes is there. But he started off with back-to-back defeats. Long road ahead Gordon, for him. Do you know, St. Mir- Sorry, Alex. I was going to say St. Mirren are seventh, right? They're yeah. only three points off the top six. And they've now potentially got those two games. Absolutely To replay yeah. they, after the, well, t- the decision t- 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 at the weekend Tony Fitzpatrick's come out in the last couple of years And says they'll be looking to try and break into the top six This is a perfect opportunity to do that And by on. the way Was ridiculed for it After yeah, the first absolutely. couple of weeks of the season yeah. yeah and it's understandable Because the start they had was really poor But they're actually hitting some brilliant form at the moment And you look at you says John Hughes there You know it looks a, a, a long road back Gordon They're only one point Off uh, the Ackies And then obviously four off of a, a host of clubs So it's not over You just oh. need to try and get in I think Ross Stewart Will be pivotal for them To turn that around But St Mirren have done Been brilliant injured, didn't yeah. he? Uh, Against Celtic Which would be a concern Yes yeah, so St Mirren Clearly one of the Informed teams In the division Absolutely. Um, the, Well the form team Apart from the obvious At the top is It's Livingston Hugh Keevans David yeah. Martindale What is what is happening there? It doesn't well, look like He'll ever lose a game again You know Two Cup ties He's in semi-final now Of the Betfred Cup And four league Victories um, everyone knows his backstory. Former um, prisoner, uh, but he's come out of jail. He's reintegrated himself into society. He has done wonders at Livingston, and his story fascinates me. And it's Aberdeen next on Wednesday. Livy at home to Aberdeen. There's a big call Can he possibly make it Seven wins in a row It would be astonishing If he did Right let's round off With David in Port Glasgow What's your point tonight David? How you doing Pan alright Merry Christmas Same to you Thank you Thanks guys I know it was just An earlier point Obviously I heard Alex Talking about uh, Rangers formation And how he thinks That Celtic would be Would kind of be mad To go two up top uh, They would probably Go one up top And it was just to say I kind of disagree With what he was saying To be honest Mm-hmm. Um, I think Celtic will go two up top. I think the way Celtic were playing with the one up top and the, the five through the middle, it was swamping, it was too pedestrian, sideways passing. The two up top, they look a lot sharper. I know you talk about ball retention and stuff like that, but I mean, if the ball's up at Rangers' end in defence and Celtic's getting movement that they've had the last three games, I think it's, it's beneficial mm-hmm. to Celtic to play to their strengths as opposed to worrying about what Rangers are going to be doing. When you cast your mind back to the game on uh, October 17 at Celtic Park, uh, famously, uh, Celtic did not have a shot on target for 90 minutes. Also, they did not have Odson Edward or Lee Griffiths. Odson Edward had COVID related problems, and Lee Griffiths simply wasn't fit enough to play for Celtic at that point. So, I think Celtic have to go to Ibrooks with the intention of trying to win the match and I think they should have Griffiths and Edward uh, to help do that. They've re-energised the team. They have brought back the partnership that was so important to Celtic in getting nine in a row and I think they should both play. David, just, just out of curiosity, what do you do behind them? What, what, what is the shape that you play in your midfield? Would you stick with the diamond? I would stick exactly what we've been doing Sorrow is sitting the deepest um, And obviously you've got your boy Turnbull um, McGregor and Christie as well I'd play them So is your question Alex from a Celtic yeah. perspective Who who deals with Tavernier and Barisic is that, yeah. is that what you mean? Yeah well obviously you would have uh, McGregor Now I don't you remember the, the last game at Parkhead McGregor ended up trying to be tracking back with uh, Tavernier and, and he gets so much joy down that side 
I don't know if uh, McGregor and, and Turnbull would want to be that wide tracking back Christie would guys. be the other one probably Turnbull at the top oh, sorry, well, t- Turnbull would be the 10 I'm not sure Christie's got the discipline to track mm. back the whole way for the, for 90 minutes either Gordon so again that is it listen I understand why people want to go with two you know they're clearly a, a threat uh, Griffiths is starting to hit some nice form at the moment scoring goals but for me it's mm. what happens behind there because that's Rangers are so strong that, that is, that's the debate about football all over the place David isn't it how much do you worry about what the opposition can do and how much do you try and impose your strengths on them well, that's it, Gordon. If you start overthinking what our team's going to do, you, you forget what you're doing yourself. Um, see if you focus on your strengths. I mean, you've got Griffiths firing again. You've got Edwards starting to look as though he's coming into a bit of form again. Them two on song, they're, they're the best strike force in Scotland. I don't care what anybody says. They two will tear anybody apart, even good teams in Europe. Um, and I, I think they'll do the same to Rangers. I'm quite confident Saturday they will do that, and I'll, I'll put my neck on the line saying that. Well it's going to be a fascinating build up Thank you very much David in Port Glasgow We'll have to leave it there because we're running out of time How are you getting on with this teaser? We're looking for three more players who scored for Rangers On the run to Manchester You've got Adam, Darcheville, Ferguson, Novo, Davis, Whitaker. Three to get I said one of them haunts Mark Wilson's nightmares No People on Twitter have, have bitten on that clue But I didn't think you would have uh, right. what, about, what about the Scottish one? I said he's captain the club Can't be many of them in, in that time David frame Weir. It's not David Weir So it's the other one um, Oh honestly You will be You will be kicking yourself And he he might kick you Next time you see him I can't think Unbelievable Initials are His, for, his other clubs <laughs> Are Motherwell And Wigan Oh Lee McCulloch Lee McCulloch Big Jack Come on Come on Right <laughs> The other one is from the US of A yeah, well, you don't, you, Rina? No, no, it's not Rina. No, it's um, uh, Bocanegra. Uh, no, it's the no. the uh, the we fly machine Beasley. Yes, the Marcus Beasley. The Marcus Beasley and the one that haunts Mark Wilson. No, just uh, other I think team. He, I think he went to Hull after. Was it Hull? Oh, aye, that was uh, Aloko. Oh no, no, it's not him. Sonny Aloko. No, but no, he did haunt him as well. <laughs> Hull. Uh, the initials are DC. Um, no, put him oh, Rubbish. Daniel Kuzan. Oh, you two are hopeless. Right. Thank you, Hugh <laughs> Kevens and Alex Ray. A pleasure as always. Thanks to you, though. Uh, it's a weird time of year. Thank you for uh, staying with us tonight, for getting in touch on the phones and on Twitter. We are back tomorrow at six with Gordon DL and Roger Hanna, building up to a huge midweek fixture card. So don't miss that one. And in the meantime, stay right there. Meg McHugh is up next. <laughs>